The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Greetings and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. 103.3 FM WXOJ here in Northampton. I am uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton, uh, executive producer and interim host standing in for Michael Dow, and I'm joined with the stalwart Susan Timberlake. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Oh, let me say that and again. Anyway, you even the have Republican. A yes. The, the, <laughs> they cut the... They cut the mic on the woman and the Republican, oh, you guys. It's a scandal. You better go on BuzzFeed <laughs> uh, right I, now. I cut the mic on just everybody. <laughs> and well, that's there, right, John Rizna, There we no. have our engineer and uh, co-producer. I have no bias. I just massacre <laughs> everybody. You feel like it. You just do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, just uh, I am, I'm drunk with power, yeah. basically. <laughs> John, just like every week. John R. Roberts. <laughs> John R. Roberts there on the board. And uh, thank you for joining us. We've, uh, we're uh, here to bring you your usual Friday roundup of politics. This was the week that was. Okay. Quick reminder before we go on, uh, we have some places that you can interact with us if you so choose. On Twitter, we are at CivilPoliticsFM. By email, we are CivilPoliticsRadio at gmail.com. And on Facebook, uh, we are Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio. So you feel free to reach out to us through any and all of those avenues and definitely subscribe to the Twitter and Facebook profiles to get updates. Yes, Mr. Also, uh, every uh, during the episode, uh, when we need to source anything, if there's any further information, check the Twitter and the Facebook for the hashtag civil references and you'll be able to see everything that we do and mm. you can check back on any links that we uh, have posted in the past those links are also going to be on the show notes and on the podcast and on the website excellent maximum synergy <laughs> yes it, it may just be quick cut the mic so we've had uh we've had an interesting week and sue you um uh Mr. 45, the uh, <laughs> current sitting president of the United States, addressed the nation earlier this week, and you had some interesting thoughts. Would you like to share with the group? Sure. You know, I, of course, listen to the whole thing, because mm. um, I always do, because I come home and watch C-SPAN. That's what I do. I have a boring life. Um, <laughs> but, you know... As it, do we all. <laughs> well, it was one of the usual kinds of speeches, and, you know, he said things that the U.S. is weary of war, and his instinct is to pull out of Afghanistan. I mean, and then he said that we weren't going to which was you know sort of the message that came out in the press right i picked up two things that i that gave me great concern and you can't always believe what he says one day to the next mm. but the first one was um that that he was going to um basically cut off aid to pakistan Ooh. and you know they actually just cut off aid to egypt which i didn't know when i saw this speech i actually picked that up in another news feed so, you know, we pay Pakistan a lot of money, and it right. goes, in Pakistan, it goes to the generals. They own most of the economy. I don't know if, you know, sure. that's sort of the, that's the way the model works there. Right. And that's why we we stayed in good, you know, good cahoots with both Egypt and Pakistan, because the military guys know our generals, and we, we feed money, and it goes into their pockets, and then... Mm. 
you know, we have a pretty good relationship with them. So to cut off the funds, the, the aid to Pakistan, I think may precipitate um, a lot of things. But I think the people that actually heard that comment that I've talked to said they're actually a little worried about war. Because, you know, mm. we went in there and, and um, got bin Laden and didn't tell them we were going. And, right. You know, so there's something afoot there. So that one, kind of the press got. But the second one is... Um, uh, let me look at my notes here. Um, he said, we're not going to nation build. <clears throat> okay, which people have said. And then he said, the USA, this is almost a direct quote, the USA will participate in the economic development of Afghanistan. Now, we're not going to nation build, but we're going to participate. Mm. Participate means to me, we take a cut. That's a businessman's turn. <laughs> you know, we're going to participate in this new joint partnership. Right. And the only thing I can think of of economic value that somebody would want, you know, like something right. like this, the industrialists, of course, because I belong to that class, right? Right. Um, is the minerals. And so I've sort of constructed oh, that Trump is going to invite in the Pakistanis cut off their aid, but invite them in mm. to help with um, basically the plundering of Af Afghanistan. So that's a construct. But the two sentences, the USA will participate in economic development of Afghanistan, took, took me by surprise when he said it. Afghanistan uh, also has a, well, they're trying to stop it, but a bumper crop of, of poppies. Yep. Well, that's another way uh, to participate. That, that is the <laughs> other. The uh, uh, pharma, uh, pharmaceutical companies would be very interested in a... a oh, that's a, interesting. So go legal with it. Yeah. I also seem to recall talk of a pipeline. And bringing oil pipeline. Uh, oil and natural gas Proposed. from the Caspian region down. To, I think there were a couple different ones. One bringing them from the Caspian region down to the coast. And another one bringing uh, those supplies up north, and that had that had been in development as far back as 2001, when we most recently interceded in Afghanistan after 9/11. So that's a very that's a very interesting yeah. Note and it to was one sentence. Everything else was all about we're not nation building. We're not going to be in there. We're just going to help mm -hmm. them win. We're going to kill terrorists. You know, we are not getting involved. And then the USA will participate in the economic development of Afghanistan. <laughs> he also said he was going to get closer to India, which is a, is a slight change. Yes. And India is yeah, struggling today. Well, right? India and Pakistan obviously have a very difficult oh, they relationship. They fight over Kashmir? They, fight, they fought a couple different engagements. Ka Kashmir is a disputed territory, although it's been a while since there was major action on that front. Uh, Narendra Modi who is the current prime minister of India, is, um, has been identified, and his party uh, has been identified as a Hindu nationalist party, and he has been implicated in violence against uh, the minority Muslim population oh, no. in his home state when he was governor before being elected PM. Oh, so, so this his is right up his alley. Right, and so cutting <laughs> oh, off uh, funding for Pakistan right now or even saying that in an in address an address of as a negotiating reach, position which yeah it could it, be yeah it it is definitely a shot across the bow if nothing else yeah. and i'm curious as to what this is designed to achieve because it uh, sounds as though south asia is about you know could be another hotspot yeah. region um or a bunch of interested men could start making plans for how they're going to make a lot of money Yes. And I shouldn't have said men, but well, I'm, I apologize for that, even though I am a feminist. <laughs> a bunch of interested um, ventures, yeah. you know, sort of aligning, being told, you know, 
do you want in or out? I mean, we have the CEO president. Yeah. If there's, you know, if if was as there ever been for a sale. better time? <laughs> exactly. You know, sell the farm. Yeah. Um, just something really interesting. Keep interrupting. Uh, I do. just found uh, an opinion article. Trump, Trump gets it right on Afghanistan and Pakistan. Guess where I found that? Who tell us? Which which the Washington Post? <gasps> oh, that's interesting. They gave him props for something. They have been on the front lines of hating on him. Well, they <laughs> uncovered all the yeah. meetings, the yeah. secret meetings, that, that's and pretty much what their their well look, their job is right now. <laughs> Trump is I, you know, divorced of anything else I might say about him at a, another juncture. He's echoing a line of isolationism. That has not been well reflected in either major party in the last few decades, but a lot of Americans, I think, feel this way, is that our um, our foreign engagements and entanglements have been exceptionally costly of late um, and have displayed poor judgment. Can I say that, like, to his this is to his credit as a decision making uh, point? I'm not so sure. I'd like to see more of what the <laughs> what the plans are, if what any. The actual, here. yeah, what the actual right. that procedures are to get there. What, yeah. what you point out, the, this term "participate" very weirdly <laughs> oh, ambiguous, oh. and does seem like something got that a, a phrase that gets lifted from the corporate world. Yeah, um, but it's so. I mean, it's just. We're seeing Would these. Would you like intricate... to participate in revenue sharing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Participate. It's a, it's such a such a, a superficially neutral word, but yeah. it Im- could imply all sorts of things. And to be so explicit about in, not being a nationalizing, I mean, uh, nation right. building. Yeah, it's interesting because you're a, a progressive. You're, you know, I'm sixty something. You're twenty something. Something <laughs> still somehow <laughs> hanging on to my twenties. Well, in. Um, Genre, you're a uh, 30-something? What? <laughs> well, anyway, the fact... Genre is ageless. He exists ageless. beyond time and space. I am the Alpha and the Omega. <laughs> yeah. And engineer extraordinaire. We will hold no other engineers before thee. Yeah. All other engineers have been cast from my mold. Oh. <laughs> and you're an Imagineer, Well, too, that explains so. Prometheus. Imagineer. <laughs> you get the I'm whole... I'm not really into robotics, but okay. <laughs> I think that's great. We have yeah. a new sobriquet for you. <laughs> Imagineer. Um, so it's it's interesting that you would say that you know that there's there's people that do feel disenfranchised, and this speaks this not that particular part of his speech, but this approach to try and put, mm-hmm. you know, sort of America first in in contracts and things. We haven't really seen any evidence of it yet, but the the speeches are about right. it, and a lot of people are holding a lot of hope that that's going to change the rhetoric. Yeah, change the the economic situation in well, the u.s look we have thousands of military personnel who are essentially rotated overseas some of them see combat some of them don't but i think a lot of those people and their families want them to come home honestly i think some it, have had 12 tours yeah it's <laughs> it's incredible i mean look we're we've in, in afghanistan alone we've essentially been an occupying power to various degrees, sixteen years for sixteen. It's a almost a generation. Our longest, at this our point. longest war, right? And we can't seem to get out. Even Trump, even even amongst these other isolationist um, yeah. statements he's making, even he isn't willing. And some to of his pull out. argument, was, I thought, spoke pretty well 
I heard it in Vietnam too. Unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember that. But um, that that for all the sacrifices, we need to have a better outcome. Mm. I mean, he basically made that argument. It's sort of sunk costs, you know. Right. Because we've made this huge investment, we, we have shouldn't to stay just stay it out. Yeah. yeah, and and they know that the Taliban or whoever ISIS will come right back in. That's where we started 16 years ago. That we yeah. were chasing the Taliban, uh, chasing them. Um, Al-Qaeda out yeah, of there. exactly. Because the Taliban wouldn't give him up because he was a guest and they didn't want to. Well, so. this also, you know, loops back to these remarks about Pakistan and withdrawing aid because Pakistan was harboring The, the border <laughs> between Pakistan and Afghanistan is one of the most porous and poorly, um, poorly regulated borders in the world. And there is a ton. The, the Pashto ethnic group... S- sits on both sides of that line and so that's why it was so hard that's why we had to go into pakistan oh, the ungoverned territory because yeah, it's, it's a different tribe the western third of pakistan is this weird kind of legal really these are this is from conversations i've had with people of pakistani origin and also just from reading about the country is the level of legality in in the cities versus the countryside is even by you know, regional standards is really by Not like here in Western Mass, where yeah. we're a little rural and... <laughs> yeah. yeah, where the hill towns are just a wild west, right? People um, re- retreat to the hills and, yeah. <laughs> well, in this case, it's like, you know, ba- as you said, it's a, it's basically a military government and mm-hmm. has been for a while with sort of punctuated by moments of civilian control. And I forget the general um, who, when I sort of started tuning into Pakistan, he's gone now. Oh, but Pervez Musharraf. Musharraf, yeah. yeah and how smart he was and how he sort oh, of he played was an everybody. manipulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah very um, um, sophisticated. And it's, I mean, we've been doing this thing where we have these, we have a lot of economic ties, especially in our private sector with India. We have a lot of investment there. But Pakistan is is an important ally because they're sort of the gateway to Central Asia and the eastern front of the Middle East. And both nuclear powers now. And they're both nukes. Yeah, yeah. they both have nukes. And, and they hate each other. So it's like, you know the expression, you're riding the tiger and you don't know how to get <laughs> off without getting bitten? Yeah. In some ways, that that is where uh, we are at with a lot of... You've never heard that expression? What? You're riding the tiger. You yeah. don't know how to get off. You, you're fine if you stay bitten. on top of it, but if you get off, you get bitten. You're, it's it's a metaphor for being deeply entangled in a situation or a relationship of some kind to the how'd extent How'd you get on a tiger? They never how'd explained that. How'd you get that. on a tiger like, without getting bitten? <laughs> well, somebody uh, uh, flew airplanes into several <laughs> of our buildings and killed a lot of people, and we ended up on a tiger. Now we don't know how to get off. Man, that just got dark. I know. <laughs> it. Yeah. I know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm, yes. I'm being, I'm being, you know, yeah. flip and dark to to illustrate yeah. that. But these do have human costs. Yeah. These alliances have human costs. John and I were yes. talking before the show about how um, there's words that mean certain things to me because I grew up with them in a different right. way, and that and that they've changed. And how do you hold on to what they mean to you, but also honor what they mean now? Mm. You know, different words like. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We've had we've had go arounds on them before, but sort of sayings and beliefs and right. But language, it's it's it is difficult sometimes to to be um, to be clear. And I think Trump really, with that you know, participate word was you know just right behind the yeah right behind the curtain. You know, interesting what you say about language because it's it 
we're in a period where our sort of s- s- social and cultural values are evolving and changing almost in real time. And our language are struggling to, I think, catch up. And it also depends on what milieu you're in and sort of, you know, what, how to speak to things yeah. and how to describe things. And it's it's both exciting and also sort of cause for trepidation. Because you can make a mistake. And exactly. Say it's very something easy to make a misstep. The word thug, um, George, our buddy, who used to be on the show. Oh, right. Yeah, and we went around and around a little bit on the word thug because for me it meant, you know, teenagers who were punks mm-hmm. who, you know, you wouldn't want to be alone on a street with them. You know, right. in, my, in my hometown, which is a country town, and they were white thugs. And he was talking about how the word has come to be uh, dog whistle. Oh yeah, for, absolutely. Know, yeah, and it just didn't mean the same thing to me. And it, you know, it, you have to be careful because you, you say things and they mean different things. Right. And, and Ronald whatever. Reagan campaigning in the 1980s made some reference to he was talking about, um, uh, well, among other things, <laughs> he was he was talking about uh, cutting food stamps, and he made some reference to oh. some young buck standing yeah. in the uh, line with a queen. steak. In, yeah, the yeah, this was the, the welfare queen argument uh, that there are people undeserving people but taking a young more man, benefits. You know, sort of healthy and right. just on the but dole. the word the term <laughs> young buck it, it might not mean a lot up here in New England, but in the South, it, it was a dog whistle it was for a, totally young black men. Yeah. And it and and he very de- I'm, well I can't get inside his head but it it is clear that he chose that term to fit his audience because remember he kicked off his campaign in Philadelphia Mississippi yeah. which was a segregated town in the deep south even though uh, on average uh, white um, people use more right oh yeah like no, it's uh, definitely like, it's like sixty seventy percent yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I actually think that's some reason why um, SNAP benefits and others have been a lot stickier and harder to cut than other federal aid programs. Yeah, but they're always looking at them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're always, you know. I almost called my dog Buck. Um, <laughs> and I just want to say for the record that he's a brown and white spotted poodle. So <laughs> <laughs> He's mixed. He's mixed. Um, <laughs> he's, the, he's the Republican, and my other dog is actually the Democrat, so... <laughs> oh god i'll let you come over and do the- <laughs> <laughs> surprise charlie muffin uh, anyways i i had a friend um a friend of the family call my um adopted son um mocha man and i well. took great offense at it he was guatemalan and um, I took great offense at it, but I saw in the newspaper like today or yesterday that MOCHA, M-O-C-H-A, is uh-huh. some sort of a new organization around rights for people of, um, you know. People of color. Ag- people of color. And so I was MOCA. looking at it going, oh, that's interesting. It's, it's, changed its, it's changed its heritage a little bit, so. That, not really. Like if someone calls, like even today, if someone calls like someone MOCHA man, there, it really depends. It was on a the gay context. man who, who said I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, it, it really depends uh, on the context. Like yeah. if he, if like there is mocha, I, and then there is calling. It's he's like, referring uh, like, to his color. Yeah, like um, yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, Louis C.K., which who is having troubles this week anyway. But uh, <laughs> like Joss Whedon, but um, the he had this he had this bit call it about about uh racism and he was saying that the word jew 
can mean two things depending on if you throw a little stank on it. Yeah. So you can say, like, oh, it's Jew or Jew, you know, and then you can. Oh, interesting. One is bad and one right. is and one is okay. So if if he were if he was like a friend, like, hey, Mocha Man, it'd be like that would be different. Like, he was Mocha kind Man. of a friend of the family, yeah. So I, I, I still dep- took offense. It really depends. At, I took it really offense depends on it. the situation, yeah. right? I mean, we're also seeing sort of a reclamation of terms denoting skin color as a source of pride for yeah. people of color. I mean, we've moved from African American to black. Yeah, I think black probably used to be considered somewhat pejorative, and now it's this. Now it's a standard. Black power. Black right. <laughs> I think that was a big part of bring it back. Yeah, and it, and I think the impetus behind that was this is who we are. Yeah, let's recognize it. Say and it. Let, yeah, and Say and and to yeah. reclaim it in that way, and to take it as a source of power rather than. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll look for that reference because I wasn't something I was going to talk about on the show, but because we kind of got to language. But the the MOCA, whatever the MOCHA is mm. like, you know, getting healthcare benefits or veteran. I, it's a it, it's a good organization. It's clearly a fine organization. I was just surprised sure. with the name. So, so the, it it changes as you say. Yeah, it changes. So that was kind of the speech of. Um, Speech of Trump, that's what I got out of it. A lot of yeah. people probably didn't listen to it, I would assume. So, We are uh, T minus six days from uh, the Boston uh, oh. protest. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I was not able to. Huh? T plus. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My time moves in a reverse direction for me sometimes. Oh, there you go. Um <laughs> I was not able to attend, unfortunately. I had yeah, I think Mike went, didn't he? Mike, Mike? Yes, we'll have to get his report at some he point. He was actually ill. He wasn't able to go. But uh, Stacy, oh, nice. our host from Evidence Space, did go. And maybe we can get her uh, comments after the, after the break. Maybe oh, that would be we great. can. That would be very cool. What is it? Um, first something reporting? Uh, well, uh, we're it, seeing reports that something like... Thirty to forty thousand people yeah. on the up, forty forty five. Every see it, it the the estimates go up every time I hear about <laughs> it, which means that it was a big crowd. It the was last the, one that I had that I heard was was forty to forty five, wow. meaning it was like a thousand to one. Yeah, of, yeah. of people there. They were like fifty people there, right? Yep, those yeah. were bigger than the Iraq War protests in Boston in two thousand three. Yeah. I mean, by a good margin. Yeah, so it's because in Boston only. Only Boston can be racist. You don't bring the racism <laughs> in. <laughs> because we kill the racists yeah, when they come. We have home, like, homegrown. homegrown, locally sourced racism. Yeah, I lived in Boston Bo- for Boston's years. Boston's parochialism is, le- is, is legendary. It's the only thing. That like, don't take that. Win. It's like, don't take that away from us. That's what they're saying. <laughs> right. And uh, I say us because they are really in a separate state. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. It's. Uh, Inside the ninety-five loop and outside of but the they Grand took Duchy weapons of Boston and the away People's from... Republic of Western Mass. <laughs> yeah, yes. and Cambridge is a People's Republic too. There's a little oasis. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. Yeah. oh absolutely. Yeah. But they took weapons. I watched C-SPAN, of course. You mm-hmm. know, I watched C-SPAN, and um, they were they were confiscating weapons, anything that could be umbrellas, broomsticks. You know, people with hats. They were they were really making oh, yeah. sure there was nothing that anyone could use to, on anybody else. They, they made uh, they made people take sticks off signs yeah a couple a couple of people i know were there with uh democratic socialists of america shout out <laughs> um 
lots of left participation, which I was very happy to see, by the way. Um, and they made them, they made all of them take the signs. So they, you had to hold your sign, paper yeah. sign in your hands rather than holding it on a stick. Cause I guess a stick could be used to. And if you got really you know, mad or somebody was threatening you, you probably would use it yeah. or, or try and defend with it. So it's true. It is kind of a, the only, the only violence I saw on C-SPAN was, um, somebody flung a water bottle into the face of, um, some of the 50 that were ex- escorted out. Right. Yeah, because they got escorted out through yeah. the rest of the but crowd. They, brought they got a vans. police escort. Yeah, and yeah. they brought vans in. And then um, some of the protesters seemed to stand in front of the vans. So that's actually when some of the other stuff, the arrests happened. But the one thing, and I just want to say what I saw so you guys can critique it. Because um, the media wasn't allowed close to the center, 50 mm. people. There was no media. There was no reporting of what they said. There right. Was they, no... were, they were in like a gazebo. Yeah, so the, you couldn't actually hear any green. of the speeches. And there was supposedly a Bernie person there and a uh, Stein person for the free speech really? folks. The, you, it's been called so-called free speech. I won't say that. Okay. but Well, were they also officially associated with the campaign or were they just there saying that they supported? Uh, I think they were there to talk about free speech, but you couldn't hear it, so no one right. no one knows what was actually well, said. Well, a ton of speakers pulled out. There were there were fairly major sort of, I guess, internet right-wing oh, celebrity were speakers, of mostly the... from YouTube, who were there to go. Mm-hmm. And as it became clear that it was going to be, you know, overwhelmingly... You know, hostile. The crowd, you know, the crowd was obviously going to overwhelm whoever showed One up. One of the in favor. May- mayoral candidates, governor candidates, I forget his name, who actually he was the keynote speaker from what I understand. I don't know what he stands for or who he is, but he was one of the keynote speakers. Interesting. For, for the, yeah, it's. Char- uh, I think we know what he stands for. Uh, I, I put a pin in that because. That's what's troubling me a little bit is that we don't know what they actually – it might have been a real free speech thing that these other people glommed onto. Anyway. Possibly. But, but I haven't heard – I've heard very little about anything there was, actually said. So. It, nobody recorded it. Nobody, none of the media were allowed near. Yeah. The police did that. So anyway, so I'll put it – I'm just putting a question mark there because i don't want to put you on the spot genre but i i i wanted to make sure that this because i watched i tried to watch it and mm. i i really couldn't tell oh, i totally understand what you're saying and yeah. i am i am completely Especially with the media blackout yeah i you don't know what the original intent was but uh once people were from the from the yeah. other um protest and like white supremacist stuff like that they were they said they were coming that means the pro the the organizers of that protest should have said no we're done yeah we're, we're stopping right. and yeah. they didn't they didn't do and that. they didn't do it so that's what i'm saying Fair like enough. we know what what because if if you know that at least like a few of those you people march are with nazis say, you're not you a march good with, person you march with nazis you are not a fine person <laughs> right yeah. who said that somebody recently one of the <laughs> somebody said that recently so, it's <laughs> a it's a <laughs> me it's not really a quote <laughs> Um, yeah, a maxim, a truism. Yeah, yes. we're not reading magazines right now. This was it a proof in geometry or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, so the one thing I saw, and I think it was, I think it was constructed, was a um, Antifa wearing T-shirt person right. threw a bottle of water into the face of one of the fifty in the middle as they were being escorted out. Oh. And I'm I'm thinking that the Antifa wearing T-shirt may not have been Antifa. Oh, there's a well-documented yeah, yeah. on Twitter and other sort of semi-anonymous social media. Yeah. It's well-documented that there, there people are creating 
false accounts, basically yeah. as a fifth column agent provocateur yeah. type thing to discredit Antifa yeah. by so, advocating violence and being. So that's one of the few things I saw, and I I saw it. You know, the press had it; they stopped mm-hmm. replaying it. So I will say, I mean, from everything I saw, and a bunch of people from this area showed up. Yeah, and a bunch of people from a lot of places showed up. It was overwhelmingly nonviolent, and it it had the look of almost a street fair. I mean, yeah. it, it it became. I think it passed the point of becoming openly adversarial because it was the numbers were so lopsided, and they kept everybody separate. Right? And they and they kept. And I will say, uh, good on the Boston PD because yeah. they actually did due diligence and yeah. were careful and exercised a lot more caution certainly than Charlottesville or other other and they were warned places boston's had a history of violence over race i mean yeah that famous photograph of a guy with an american flag during the busing yeah going um, after the running at somebody with the american flag pointed you know at their gut and you know running at a black man it's like oh my god that's like that's boston right there at least my boston when i grew up my dad was telling me about uh listening you know he grew up in rochester and in the 70s when that was going on oh, they man. listened to am radio out of boston and oh. they would put callers on the line he said <laughs> you would not believe the stuff that these people, people would spouting. say and it was crazy because i think at that time there was an assumption that in the northeast and in new england it's like we don't have that problem oh. Well, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. There was a woman. Yeah, there was the a, South does not own racism. There's yeah. a, really, <laughs> yeah. It's it. I listen to, and it still persists today. I listen to people who were born and raised in the Southeast. In, well, no, in the Northeast, in and often in sort of relatively privileged conditions, and there is this default assumption that like racism is the thing that happens down there. Oh, I had no idea. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking, isn't it? Please, please, but, white man, please tell me what's going on with racism. Yeah, you know, and it's <laughs> it's infuriating, and it's it's this lack of self awareness. But it's easy to do because it's like, you know, okay, we fought with the Union 150 years ago, so we're so good. Clearly, we're good. No, we're there's no sad. problems here. It's like, well, no, Pixie Paladino. A blast from the past was a city oh, councilor. Oh, wow, yeah. And she ran against busing. That was her thing to stop it. And she, her speeches would go like this. You know where I stand. That's right. She, <laughs> she died not too long ago. I, I think. think so, yeah. But I remember that because I wasn't living in Boston. I was north of Boston. Dog whistle of dog whistles. Well, and people were horrified that someone would, would like say that. A government person. Had, what is wrong with Boston? Wow, really? You know? Yeah. And, and she ran on it. And it was like, oh, my God. Shocking. Yeah, there's um, Common Ground or something like that. There's a really famous history book about that period. That um, who's the who's the woman who does the um, presidential biographies? I can't think of her name. She's a real famous. Oh, Doris Kearns Goodwin. Yeah, she wrote it. It was oh, Common Ground or Uncommon Ground about that period in Boston. It was wow. It was imba- talk about embarrassing. We um, we're uh, we're coming up to a break. I don't know if there's any final remarks to make. I mean, the the marches in the past will hopefully get mike and maybe stacy in at various yeah. points to well mike is away uh, away but or maybe stacy um, will come in and say what the first maybe hand. Yeah. maybe but we do we do have to break and uh do our uh, due diligence vis-a-vis the fcc and give you a few uh announcements and other psas here and we'll be back in just a couple minutes here on uh civil politics don't go away 
Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andi Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, this is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music show featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk. Join me Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or tune in from anywhere by visiting our website at valleyfreeradio.org. If you miss Subculture on Fridays, don't worry. You can hear it again from midnight to 2 Sunday mornings. Thank you for supporting Valley Free Radio. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. Do you gamble more often and longer than you planned? Have other people suggested you may have a gambling problem? Do you wish you could stop or cut down your gambling, but you just can't? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may have a gambling problem. We understand the problem. We can help. We're the Mass Council on Compulsive Gambling. Please call us at 1-800-426-1234 or chat with us online at masscompulsivegambling.org. The confidential helpline number is 1-800-426-1234. iHeartJRock with DJ Sakura is on Saturday mornings at 12 to 2 a.m. on WXOJ LP 103.3 FM in Northampton. And you can stream us on valleyfreeradio.org. iHeartJRock will be playing... Rock music from Japan, uh, J-Rock, J-Pop, and some DK. Uh, if you like that stuff, give my show a listen, please. And also follow me on Twitter at DJ Sakura 666 Thank you. Welcome back to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for joining us this evening. I'm Stefan Ward-Wheaton, interim host, sitting in for Michael Dow. And we're joined here with uh, Susan Timberlake. Hey there. And uh, John Roberts hanging out there at the board. Oi. Oi. And we're joined also by DJ Stacy, who hosts Evidence Based, our lead in show. 
And who is apparently your resident uh, <laughs> protester tonight. Yes. Yeah, we heard you went there and saw for yourself. You could be our correspondent from Boston <laughs> yeah. last Saturday. Because, you know, the media isn't always accurate about what actually happened. Well, um, yeah, it was, I was there. Uh, we got there early in the morning. And then the group I was with, I was actually with a group of nine uh, young people. Uh, and I say that they were all at least a decade younger than I was. Uh, <laughs> that was an experience all in itself. Was and, the crowd uh, sort of older or younger or mixed, totally mixed? It was totally mixed. Yeah, Completely which is nice. Completely mixed. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Mixed race, mixed ages. Everybody was out. Um, and so that was really cool. Uh, my group had a slightly odd idea, which, you know, I kind of had to go along with, which is that they, we started at the common and then we walked back towards the Black Lives Matter, uh, um, parade and then came back to the common once we hit the parade. Um, I, being an old person, actually took a break and sat in front of the, uh, lovely Humane Society, uh, dog park and watched the dogs for a while while the young folk did their thing and caught me back up um which was definitely a better option because one of the things about saturday is that it was incredibly hot in the city um that is one of those things where you know it may say that it's 75 but in a city like boston when you're on a street it's radiating it's just it was brutal and the sun was beating down there weren't any clouds and, um, you know, I kept joking to people, why can't, uh, you know, why can't these terrible people do things in the fall in yeah. <laughs> the summer? Um, I but... feel that way about elections, if they would only have them when the weather was nice instead of in the yeah, snowy right. spring when you're standing outside with a sign and freezing your... Yeah. Right. Um, but once I caught up with the um, parade, I mean, the parade was huge. Uh, this was the Black Lives Matter parade because I distinguished that because there were actually two separate parades, two separate sets of uh, anti-protesters. Oh, good to um, know. So, yeah. See, I didn't see that on wow. any of the news coverage. Yeah. So um, by the time we got back to the common and we had sat down sort of on the hill under the shade another entire group of people and i don't know who organized them but in an, another entire group of people marched on to the common it wasn't nearly as big as our march um but it was definitely clearly a separate set of people with their separate banners what um, kind of banners do you remember what they had their banners were more um social justice i feel like mm. um they were a little more like um Oh, there was a particular one, and now I can't think of it. I think it might have been more the socialists. Yeah, there um, was a huge left socialist presence there. There was yeah. a whole one picture I saw where you had just a line of like de- democratic socialists, um, uh, you know, like half a dozen other the the, the left alliance. Um, there was a really cool photo I saw where the Black Lives Matter, just like it happened in Charleston too, the Black Lives Matter march and the le- like the left wingers pass each other and they were putting up the fist of solidarity and i was like all right that's pretty pretty interesting that's yeah. pretty organized um, actually <laughs> yeah. yeah um and the uh black lives matter one was organized by um i think a slightly more militant uh they're the uh there's they're the something workers party and uh they were passing out flyers right. and uh yeah they're definitely um they are definitely the much more militant uh on the streets keeping up the pressure uh party and so um you know they probably not for me um i'm a little more uh you know 
uh, conservative than that. <laughs> I wow, don't think we're just having all these breakthroughs tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if if I was 20 years younger, uh, I would definitely probably be Antifa. Yeah. Uh, but now that I'm older and wiser, I, uh, you know, am not not doing that. But it was a really, really amazing uh, thing to see because basically I literally did not see one protester. I did not see one person with a pro-Trump anything until the very end when we were leaving towards the subway. Um, and even then, they were just kind of walking also home. Um, I, they were said that they took most of the folks out in vans. Yeah, but I mean, even just people on the street who yeah. weren't associated with that, you know, whenever there's a protest like that, whenever there's a bunch of, you know, people coming out for solidarity, there's, people there's usually people on the side, you know, with other signs saying like you know basically yeah anti-choice anti you know anti uh black people that sort of thing i did not see one sign i did not see one person everybody who was on the side of the roads watching the parade everyone seemed in solidarity with us um and so it was just i mean it was amazing uh the crowds were huge obviously um that is definitely true and um we actually didn't see the uh free speech uh rally itself because by the time we managed to get back to the common it was already done um and so basically what happened they were kept away too that's what the media said was and it looked like there was actually yep so what there was is that they were on the pavilion which is basically a round uh colonnaded uh fancy gazebo uh and there was a um row there was a circle around that of police barricades and then there was actually a sort of demilitarized zone and then there was another set of barricades and that was what the protesters were able to be against the counter protesters um and so there was actually a gap between the two sets of um police uh barricades uh, the the media seemed to be saying that the even the media was not allowed nobody was yeah so nobody recorded whatever was said or wasn't said or anything for yeah them. i mean from what i can tell from what i heard from people who were there and uh from what i could tell from what happened just you know because we were there earlier in the morning we kind of saw them as we were walking setting by up. Yeah. setting up um so what apparently happened is that they tried and, you know, obviously everybody else was screaming at them. And so basically quickly, it very, it very quickly fell apart. Um, some of the people who were there to speak said that they were shocked at how quickly it fell apart. They clearly had no plan. Um, they clearly had no idea what to do in the face of opposition. Um, and I do want to say that I absolutely positively believe that this was in some way meant to be an actual free speech rally that I do think that their intention was to try and say, can't we just all get along? Um, and normally on a diff in a different time period, I would have been on their side, but at this point in history, other folks, right? At this point in history to say you want free speech in that manner implies that you want Nazis to be able to march in the streets. And while I generally feel um, that that is something that should be allowed, um, and so I've really struggled with this because I tend to be a free speech absolutist yeah. despite yeah. being a uh, 
you know, socialist lefty. Hmm. Um, and I've struggled with it, but I think that at this point in time, um, I don't want them to have to not speak. I would have been perfectly happy had they continued to speak while we continued to scream at them. Um, because I am a firm believer that the answer to uh, bad speech is more speech. And I think they just couldn't handle the more speech. Yeah. Um, and so... Have um, you seen that ACLU has put out... They're, they're fighting internally about yeah, it's um, been really defend, bad. defending folks that that protest with guns that's yeah. sort of this new yeah. sort of because they always have i mean they pro they protected the nazis that marched through the jewish neighborhood in chicago you know they have tried to be really just totally free speech and they're having a debate themselves about who who they right who they go to bat for yeah i think it's been um really tough because you know i think that the aclu has been a real bastion of holding that line but i think regardless of how you feel about what the people say yeah but i think that it's a good pragmatic uh solution to say we won't support people who carry guns because they can still support people with terrible ideas that but they can also keep people who have been giving them money giving them money because honestly there's no point in having principles if you don't have any money in order to put them out there and so for an organization like the ACLU... Are we recording this? <laughs> I mean... Well, no. <laughs> We're supposed to be recording this? Are we supposed to be transmitting this? <laughs> Robert! Despite the fact that I don't like it, I do realize we live in a capitalistic society. Yes. I do realize that, you know, you need to have money to hire lawyers and to take out ads and to do all of the sorts of things that you need to do. And if the ACLU loses all of its support, there's no point in... You know what free speech one of the first nun groups to take over a hospital chain said? No margin, no mission. Which means right. we don't have the money to run the hospital. But I'm just surprised because it's a very, it's not a... Um, we don't like acknowledging that, but it's a reality <laughs> yeah. that we have to f- deal with. I mean, look at net neutrality. I mean, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Who has the money and who's going to win? Exactly. But um, I think that it was just... It was just a really great day. I think that, um, you know, for all the people who said ignore them. Um, and that's one of the big things. Is I remember I, Tina Fey had said that. Yeah, there's been a yeah. lot of debate about what Tina Sheet Fey cake. meant. And I do believe that she meant exactly what she was saying. Um, Tina Fey is a funny person at times, but um, she has had a history of doing these kind of uh, white feminist uh, ideas about... Now. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll stick to that. The views yeah. and opinions of me are only mine, but I'm going to say she is a white feminist. Capital W, capital F. Um, and Can you define that? Sure. A white feminist is someone who believes in feminism, but basically only believes in the kinds of feminism that help middle class uh white women um so blind to socioeconomic very much so and also um tend not to want to sully their feminism with intersectionalism so um they are very much for things like the wage gap and for um things like that and for uh representation in the media uh, you know, the whole Amy Schumer thing where she should be paid as much money uh, for her Netflix specials as people like Chris Rock, who uh, 
people have been arguing have been in the business much longer and is frankly funnier. Um, that's at least the argument that's being made. Um, Do which, we know who her how her audiences are in comparison? I don't know, um, but because that's the number that people usually use, right? So. Um, but definitely, that's the kind of um, those you know, are the those are that, the things. That's the kind of thing is that you know they're really concerned about uh, the wage gap. They're really concerned about. Um, you know, things like, uh, I can't think of anything offhand, really. But basically, I think that a lot of white feminism is about what it's not about, rather than what it is about. And so that's kind of how I uh, define it, is that it's not about intersectionality. It's not about caring about, uh, you know, lower class women's struggles, and uh, they just don't acknowledge it or think that it's important. Um, and so basically, it's a lot of tone deafness, uh, it's a lot of uh, just wait, your time will come. And uh, so, yeah, so that's... that's Sort of like the gay movement and transgenders. Amy Schumer has um, clarified what happened with the Netflix thing. Cool. Uh, she made a post on Instagram, I guess. I don't know what these... <laughs> Instabook, <laughs> Twitgram, Insta I don't know. Uh, she says... Um, Thanks for chiming in, blah, blah, blah. I believe women deserve equal pay. However, I don't believe I deserve equal pay to Chris or, and Dave. They are legends and two of the greatest comics of all time. I would like to say that I have been selling out arenas these last couple of years, something a female comic has never done. That's a big deal to me, especially because I know I do my best every night on stage for the audience and they have a good time. I didn't ask for the same as my friends. I did. I did ask for more than the initial offer. I will continue to work my a off and be the best performer I can be the reports of me demanding or insisting uh, on equal pay to them aren't true well that's good to hear I still stand by my f my idea that she mm. is a white feminist for I'm not other disputing things, that for many no, other I'm things saying. that and she's Amy done but it, it is nice to hear that she has mm. clarified that because I think that a lot of people were outraged by the idea that she would consider herself to be on par with some with a couple of people who have been in the business for a very long time. Well, and she regardless also name dropped Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, who are two of the most prominent black comedians. Yeah. Of, I mean, just of the choice of, I, she could have chosen a lot of men in the business to compare herself to pay wise. Right. But I just Eddie think Murphy? that was, no, never mind. Oh, Oh, <laughs> never mind. Sorry. Generational thing. Oh, well, I yeah, I mean, it's... Actually, um, Dick Gregory. Oh, wow. Going yeah. back first. Yeah, yeah, I remember when he first hit the scene. Yeah. I wanted to talk about Alec Baldwin for a second because oh, yeah, Saturday talk... Night Live's been doing this special and uh, he came on as Trump with an eye patch on and I thought our science person might have. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so... so is he an impulsive guy, a little impulse control? or Just a tad bit. <laughs> yeah, so the context is, if you haven't seen it, and I'd be surprised if you hadn't, there are pictures of uh, uh, Trump and Ivanka staring at the eclipse. Actually, not Ivanka, Ivanka had her glasses, and she did not ever, ever there were no pictures of her ah, staring okay. up. Because she might have she's taken them not off, but she didn't look at it. Advantage <laughs> Ivanka, then. Yes. Usually that's the case, yes. Yes. So, okay, so this... Knock yeah. the hand away. Don't stare at the sun. <laughs> if I get out. Get out now. So, yes. Yeah, so uh, we saw Mr. 45 uh, 
gazing at the partial eclipse, which took is off not his glasses. Yeah, looked and took up off at his the, glass, looked up at the glasses, sun. <laughs> which you are not supposed to do unless, uh, only unless, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. You are under the full totality of an eclipse, which means the sun is completely blocked out, and it's dark out, and it's <laughs> and it's during that aperture of time when it's blocked out. There can't even be a bit of the sun around the edge. You burn your retina. and basically that's why they say don't do it because the amount of time that that is is very short. True, and it didn't um, happen in Washington either, right? It was further nope, south. It, it was, was further down, south. Yep. Yeah. So there was and, no uh, time that he should have done that. No, and in fact, um, there was a story that I told last week when I was talking about the eclipse of a man who lives in Washington uh, state who had been out there in the media talking to people because in the 60s he did that. He looked at the sun uh, during an, a partial eclipse and for just 20 seconds and he ended up with a permanent blind spot. And so you can either end up with a permanent blind spot or you can end up with um, blurry vision because basically the rays of the sun are more intense during the uh, eclipse because your eye does not adjust properly to them. Mm. And uh, so Trump might have a permanent blind spot. Is that what you're saying? Oh, he has so many permanent <laughs> blind spots, but I don't know in his vision. Might have a new one. Yes. But uh, it attacks, it basically burns a hole in the uh, retina, the fovea, which is basically the place where your eye, um, that is the area where the um, fine adjustments come in. So you can end up with blurry vision or you can just end up with a central blind spot. And he ended up with a central blind spot and it cannot be repaired. Once Take care of your eyes, on. people. You get two of them and that's it. <laughs> Yes, and and also uh, I did want to mention, and uh, people said it was okay that uh, Julian Assange was apparently an eclipse truther, and um, <laughs> another reason why you should never ever trust him about anything. Uh, he was saying that oh, you know, having to buy sunglasses was some sort of scam, so that they could make you uh, have to pay money for something, and. Everyone knows that you can look at the eclipse when it's in totality, except for the fact that obviously, as we keep saying, not everyone was under totality. Many, right. it was a, a very fine strip across the country of people who were able to see totality. When does it go so. through Moscow so he can have his look at <laughs> the sun? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. But yes, um, I, I never thought I'd hear an eclipse truther. <laughs> Oh, man. That's, so much to that's talk just, about tonight. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, we have come to the end of our time. Uh, Subculture with DJ Wendy is up next, and you should absolutely stay tuned for that show. Uh, but thank you for joining us here on Civil Politics. We'll be back next Friday, maybe with a slightly larger compliment. Um, so in the meantime, have a great week and a great life, as I like to say in my own humble music show on Wednesdays. And uh, please join us next week for more civil politics. Thank you and good night.